is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody as ruthless. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from their club. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat your children. It was just banter. Stay off the weed. And England win on penalties. History in itself. You know, I think it's a great city. I think they got the best organization in NBA, but they do have some big old wins. I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, watch you take your pants off. Balls are hot. I understand. Come on, check it quickly, Reggie! Yes, Max. No one is in the fucking universe. Listen, I ain't gonna forget about this by the time we get the boat. Hello and welcome to episode 169 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Byron, today joined by Luke. Evans, how are we doing? Yeah, not bad. Extremely hot in my flat, but getting through it. You? My room similar. Don't have the don't have my fan on, which I usually have on twenty four seven. All for the podcast. If uh, I should the window on. as well because there's constant yeah. sirens right next to the hospital, and my flat is south facing. I haven't got a balcony, no garden, obviously, and I'm just sweating all day. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, doing this via the magic of Skype, as I'm sure people know, you're over there in London, so not as bad as doing it with Sean in Australia. Um, but I've got a bit of a mixture of questions to ask you, a lot similar to the ones that we've done on the last couple of episodes, and then we've got a bit of a twist to it to suit you as well. If we talk about London, West Brom, I'm not sure you're going to have many other people asking you about that, or many other people coming on here to talk about West Brom either. Uh, have you not done Bridge yet? No. Good. said he was keen and then was impossible to tie down. Too busy singing. He's too flaky, mate. So, um, what I've got here, so as I said, you're in London, and you're off work now. Uh, I'm on furlough, so I'm Technically, I'm still part of the books, but I'm not allowed to work for them at all. Yeah. What? Yeah. When? Right. When did? When did that start? Um, as of last Wednesday, officially last Tuesday, I was like doing a handover, and then I was like, as of tomorrow, we need your email and password. You need your LinkedIn. You you can't be seen to be doing any type of work for us while I'm on furlough. So, like, until then, were you having to get the tube into work? No, I was still, so we, about a week and a half before that, we just went fully remote, um, just because of the advice of we didn't want everyone travelling on the tube, we didn't want people in close proximity in the office, so we went completely remote. Um, we were also in the, we were doing an office move, and we've essentially now, as a company, don't open an office. So there's still people who are working for us, just fully remote, but most of the company are furloughed at the minute. Because... I went to the last Arsenal game before all the games got stopped, which was against West Ham. And just being on the tube then, any person that even had the slightest like sniffle 
the entire <laughs> carriage was like turning in unison and giving the biggest evils. One of my, uh, one of my like a Chinese person. One of my last days at work, um, I was, I think I was either on Netflix or playing on my Switch on the tube. There was a pregnant woman to my left and then just some mega old bloke to my right. And I, it was a cough to clear my throat. It was like an obvious, that type of cough. And I just, from my peripheral vision, both of their heads just turned and glared at me for about <laughs> 10 seconds and then slowly turned away. I didn't look up. I didn't want to give them the satisfaction. It's just like, come on. It, it is a shambles. I mean, at that time as well, we we didn't really know how bad it was because uh, I've got the coat. I got the coach up to that game, and I mean, you know how you know how some people are. And so we got on the coach, and uh, for some reason, like the Saturday morning one to London is always just completely rammed, yeah. like barely a seat. And so this person was getting on late, and it was a Chinese woman, and she must have had a cold because she started like literally it was as if it was like a prank show because she was like coughing and spluttering while walking down the aisle and everyone was giving her the look like, please do not sit by me here. Thankfully I was with my uncle. So I was all right. Had to be Chinese as well. Poor person. Yeah. They've stopped uh, the coaches now, but they, they were stopping them as of Sunday. So they still left like four days. So it's like, we'll carry on taking this virus around the country. But as of Friday, then we'll stop. It's just, even now, like, I um, I need to go in work at some point this week to collect my stuff before they put it in the bin. I've got a pair of trainers and a jacket, I think, that I don't want to lose. And the tubes are still quite busy. Like, the construction yeah. workers still working. There's obviously nursing and stuff like that. But the tubes are still far too full than what they should be. And I'm really not looking forward to having to travel half an hour in a tube just to get a couple of pairs of trainers. But... You're going to have to fork out for an Uber. Get one of their masks. <laughs> that would be about £75, I think, return. So at the moment, um, <laughs> I think I'll pass on that one. I'll take my chances. The, wor- the worst thing with uh, Uber is when you already know it's going to cost you a fair bit. And then just as you're ordering it, that little thing pops up saying, uh, as it's busier yeah. in your area, the rate might, the rate will be slightly higher or whatever the message is. The surcharge. Yeah, I remember I was, I did. Uh, it was Eubank Junior against Reynold Quinlan, which was horrendous. It was just him not being able to knock him out while battering him for 10, 11 rounds, whatever it was. But it overran by like two hours, so I had to stay at my mates who was in um, Kings. It's Kings something. I forgot. Um, Kingston, that's it. Kingston? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's around Kingston. And so I had to get there from, I'm not sure where um, the copper box is, but I knew it was going to cost a lot. And just as so I was about to get in, then I saw that thing pop up and thought, cross. I was only in there for about 15 minutes in the end. And it was like, I think it was 47 quid. Oh, Jesus Christ. Because it, it was like a Saturday night at like half 12. And just because there was an event on, I assume it boosted it right up. Late at night. Obviously, loads of people in a certain area. When it's raining as well, it goes up quite a lot. Um, I flew back from, this was like end of Feb, I think, uh, start of Feb, flew back from Luxembourg. And we just, the flight was delayed, so we missed our train. It was the last train into London. And then went to the local cabbie uh, uh, 
Heathrow. And it was like 80, 90 quid. I was like, nah, trying to get an Uber. And there was just 50 to 60 people for about an hour and a half solid trying to get an Uber and all of them just rejecting them. So eventually I just gave up and went into the Premier League. Always see like the black cab people whinging on Twitter about how disgraceful it is, Uber and all this. I remember went to watch some boxing before. I think it was it was George Groves against... It was the first fight back after being knocked out by Frotch, whoever that was against. Uh, Rebrass, I think it was. But it was like a Saturday, three o'clock when we got in off the train. And I hadn't really been to London that many times. So it was... We realised we weren't going to navigate the tube and we're going to get a taxi. All of them were quoting like a ridiculous price, like you said there. And then one of them was like, you quoted 30 quid between three of us? Well, ah, oh, sad. We got in and literally we must have gone about 10 minutes down the road. So we're away from anywhere where we know where we are. And he's gone, look at this traffic, lads. This looks like it's going to cost you a lot more than what I thought it would be once we're oh, in no. the taxi. And so I think we ended up paying like double what it was. And we still weren't to where we were. And he was like, and it's, it's where your luck runs out, lads. So you'll either have to give me more cash or you'll have to get out here. And we had to get out and then walk another like 20 minutes afterwards. <laughs> scummy, scummy cab drivers. Um, I've had it, this was before the night tube and phone's dead for like 2 a.m. And just think I'm going to have to get an Uber from central London to southwest London, where I could probably get an Uber for 40, 45. We're getting a black cab from central London is probably close to 100. It's just the worst feeling in the world. It's always twice as much money. I like uh, the things you see sometimes on Twitter with the Uber drivers that are committed to making sure that they have like the best ratings possible. And so they have their like mini fridges in the front of the car. I know there was someone I saw and he was handing out um, PSPs to people <laughs> who were in the back of the cab if they were going to be in there a while. Just to, make sure that they... yeah, just to make sure he was getting them good service marks in. Oh, with other things with uh, London and so not getting the tube do you think you've morphed into a London person yet because as much as I have to go there for Arsenal I could not think of anywhere worse to live <laughs> why? it's far too hectic um, yeah. 90% of people you see it's like they're in their own world and you're in the way basically yeah, I've this is thought, always I've at like thought, three o'clock on a Saturday, though. I thought that when I first met. I've always lived southwest, so it's quite green. It's a lot quieter. Um, it's a lot more chilled, but I do get that when it gets to a night out in central London, trying to navigate the tube. There are a lot of tossers um, who are just out for themselves and don't care about everyone else. But I think where I live, I think it's it's fairly chill. I don't mind it. Other that, or yeah, maybe yeah. you've bought, you've morphed into a London person, or maybe I've become everything I've hated. Yeah, who knows? Saying bloody tourists. I remember when I first, I think I was in Oxford Street, and there was a couple. I think I don't know. I was looking. I think I was trying to go Primark or something, and they're walking towards me with a Primark bag, and I was like, my phone's crap. The maps aren't working. I was like, I'll just go and ask these, and I was like, excuse me, do you know where Primark is? And they was like, have you got a phone? And I walked off, and I was like, wow. <laughs> that the the same one where I had to fork out loads on the Uber. I was trying to get to um, this copper box, and I asked one of the people who worked at on the tube, saying, uh, "Excuse me, mate, how do I get here?" And he went, "You get the tube." 
Oh, cheers, uh, mate. Thank you. They're normally quite helpful, TFL. Yeah, I, I wouldn't fancy the job either, to be fair, but still a nightmare. I was going to say as well, have you actually met anyone who really uses Cockney rhyming slang? Because I'm sure this is just a myth. There can't be people that actually talk in rhyming slang. Um, there's someone at my work who... Basically, all the people who would proper Cockneys have been like priced out of London. So they tend to go more on the outskirts. So if you go, to, if you meet people from Essex, there's a lot of people like that. Uh, a couple of people at my work who not they're not using it all the time, but they use it occasionally. Uh, one's trying to take me to a pie and mash shop. I was like, mate, you're from Essex. You're not, you're not from London. Um, but yeah, there's only a few. I've not met that many. And then, finally, uh, what would you say is the best and worst thing about living in London, if you had to narrow it down? Um, best for me would be food. Just so much. You can go to so many different places um, and different restaurants, different cuisines. I've, I was originally from, like, Dudley, so the best, the most exotic thing you could get there was kebab. And <laughs> in London, it's amazing. Just even... Street food, general restaurants, there's just such an array of choice. It's amazing. Um, and the worst is obviously the rent. Like, some of the yeah. rent is disgusting. But You went to that retro um, Italia place, didn't you, with Sean? Retro Italia? That oh, um, restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, like stuff like that. So random, like an Italian bar dedicated to 90s football in Italy. So go in and it's got like loads of jerseys, AC Milan, Shevchenko, uh, Van Basten, just all on the wall everywhere. They're showing all they would show was live Italy games that have like fresh stone-baked pizzas and then all the cocktails are like Negronis and Aperol spritz and Italian stuff. I'm just thinking this was like a random street off the back of Kennington and if you know Kennington there's not much around there. It's basically just a, a train station. Um, just just stuff like that, really, really niche. Um, yeah, really weird. They should they should show all of the best episodes of um, Copper Ninety in the slot where um, Copper Italia, sorry, the, um, where match of the day would usually be. They and they do they do that. So like in the background, there'd be just random. I don't know if it was VHS tapes. Um, I mean, like, in general now, on, like, BBC One on a Saturday night where there's no football. Yeah. They should be playing out all these old highlights clips or even just the best match of the days. Uh, they're doing that at the moment. I mean, while they're doing, it's like Alan Shearer, Ian Wright, and Gary Lineker going through their top 10 strikers, keepers. Yeah. Uh, in a podcast saying, it's all right. But, yeah, I know what you mean. I saw because I should got, be a uh, lot more highlight shows. Yeah, I've got like the series link for Match of the Day set up and then I just had a look at it the other day and they, they must be showing some old games at like random hours because they played out uh, France-Argentina from the World Cup 2018 and then they also had England-Croatia from Euro 04 on there as well. Yeah. So they must just be showing just proper random ones. I know Sky showed... Uh, that 4-3 Liverpool-Newcastle game on Friday night. Yeah, I saw that. There was um, BBC did a World Cup rewind, so that France-Argentina game, they also had 
Brazil, Italy, when Paolo Rossi scores that hat trick for three, I think, in games like that, and randomly Portugal, USA, with the 2002 World Cup, which I'd never seen on in the results, and USA with 3 0 after like 20 minutes. I was like, what's going on? Um, that, uh... Yeah. That should be. They should just be doing that more often. The headlines where they said they were going to play out the whole of um, Euro '96 this summer uh, over where it would have been um, the Euros anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they're only they're only showing three games live, and the rest are just being put on demand. So it's not quite the same. What? I, I like the idea of putting three games up, but. Yeah, if you're going to show that whole tournament, surely you just do every single game. I've seen that there there is this uh, website, which I only saw someone tweeting about the other day, where you can say there's like a... So say they put all these on the iPlayer or whatever. You can do it so you can tune it so like a group of you can all watch it at the same time and it puts you in like a chat room. Kind of okay. the, the weird people that you usually see when you're trying to get a football stream and you're like, who, why are these people talking the whole way <laughs> through this? I never know yeah. who they are. Yeah. But you can do this for when it's like an old game. So that could be something to tap into, uh, next, uh, this summer. I can never seem to you might... close those chats off. They're always, no. I'm just going to get rid of them. They keep moving around the X button as well. It's a nightmare. Yeah. Them pages, everything you click is a pop-up. I've got one of the things off Facebook that you might've seen the last couple of days. So just off the top of your head, I've got, a list of clubs and then your favorite player that's ever played for that club okay. first what you think of so uh man united <laughs> i hate a lot of football clubs so <laughs> um uh, i liked owen hargreaves um Jesus. probably not for man U, but he was a player i admired i thought he played really well on the euros for england um but yeah, I, yeah, you're, I'm going to be struggling with this one because. Yeah. My dad do you like him as a pundit? It. No, I do not like him as a pundit. Oh, that's all right then. Uh, <laughs> Liverpool. Uh, Gerard. Arsenal. Uh, Thierry Henry. Chelsea. <laughs> Again, another difficult one there. Um, I'd say drug or a push, but I didn't really like him. City. Um. I like Sterling. Spurs. Uh, Eric Lamella. We've got some, oh Christ, got some lesser teams here. Uh, Everton. Um, uh, Leighton Baines. Uh, Leicester. Leicester's hard. Uh, probably uh, Schmeichel. Newcastle. We got three left. Again, another club that uh, it'd have to be. Have not Shola. No, definitely not Shola and Miobi. West Ham. Um, Cresswell. This kind of does answer one of my questions I've got later for you. So, uh, Villa. Taking the piss for that one. <laughs> All right, uh, Leeds and Southampton are the last two. Uh, Leeds, Uboa, and Southampton, Shane Long, for obvious reasons. Yeah. All right, so if we... Actually, we'll save your Dream 11 for the last last part. So 
I've got a little thing about supporting a team in the championship. I'm going to do the same with a lad that's coming on tomorrow. He's a, he's a Blackburn fan, uh, strangely. So I think you've actually got the better deal there. Where do you know all these people from? This this, you, this lad uh, worked with my brother, and I thought he was joking when I asked who he supported. <laughs> okay. And he's like the same age as us as well, so he won't even really have like a memory of them winning the Prem. It's nah. just going to be all Ch- nonsense. Relegations. So first of all, so you are a West Brom fan. What's the reasoning behind that? Um... I was young as I can remember, I've been with Dad, forced me into West Brom kits. Uh, it was only around about 25 minutes drive from my house. Um, and I don't know, I just turned around when I, I used to play football when I was a bit younger, but I, I think I was about eight, and I was just went to my dad like a season ticket. And uh, that was it, really. And then I was sort of stuck with them. But yeah, very much being forced into it from my dad. Yeah. I don't think he'd ever let me support anyone else. I did, I did wonder this. So in school, were the majority of people supporting teams in the championship or was it still the collection of United, Liverpool with a couple sprinkled, maybe Arsenal? Um, no, my school was very much like Wolves and West Brom. Um, my school was a lot closer to Wolverhampton than West Bromwich, but for some reason in the town called Dudley, where we're from near, near there, there's like a pocket of West Brom fans for no reason. Uh, so the school was pretty much... 50-50, then you'd obviously get like the odd sprinkling of the kids who would be like Man U, um, Arsenal, Chelsea for whatever reasons. Uh, Liverpool was quite popular one as well, but my school was very much West Brom Wolves. You'd get the odd Villa fan, but that'd be it. Yeah. Uh, and you'd obviously get those people who would be like a Chelsea fan and then a yeah. Man City fan. There was <laughs> one kid who gave up on Chelsea and Man City and just said he supported Brazil, which I thought was quite niche. Um, <laughs> But yeah, apart from those dickheads, uh, it was mostly West Brom and Wolves. Because like, when we were at school, the majority was sprinkled around the top four teams and then you had a couple of like Newcastle, Leeds, that kind of thing. And it was always the most irritating thing when you'd be having like the debates and one of them would join in because you couldn't really throw any debate back because they knew how <laughs> awful their team was, so they weren't even going to defend it. No. I suppose that makes sense I grew up in Gloucester because there's no real goodish no, team. You, well, really, like, so. No, it was a shambles. My, my uh, school was basically all Liverpool. Like, with, really? Yeah, with a, with a, in my year anyway, I, there was one other Arsenal fan and then it was mainly Liverpool and United. What, what would be your biggest club? Would it be like Cheltenham and then there'd be... Oh, I don't know what team would be closer enough in the region. I think because King's Home's right there, then it's mainly rugby in terms of supporting a local one. In terms of people that actually properly support Cheltenham, I think I know I can probably count them on one hand. Oh, really? You'll probably have people that count supporting them as looking out for their result on Soccer Saturday. Uh, and they're small, and they're small, small talk on a Monday. Being on Cheltenham one this weekend, didn't they? They follow them. So that'd be as really far as it goes. Invested in them. Yeah, unless they draw someone big in like the FA Cup. And then they're a fan again with the scarf. Set. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, would you still dislike the same United Liverpool? I'm talking like I'm speaking to someone who 
is from like a completely different world here, but it seems weird to have the same dislike for United, Liverpool, etc. when there's no real rivalry towards them. It'd be like, it'd be little things like Master of the Day running orders or I tune into Sky Sports and something relatively big's happened for West Brom, but that's, they'll spend a lot of the show talking about Man U and Liverpool and Chelsea or as um, we're playing Arsenal at home and 95% of the match build-up is about Arsenal and their results. Yeah. And it stems from that. And then when we play well and beat a big team, which it did sometimes happen, um, it'd be Arsenal played bad. It'd be always, they'd always yeah. that. And but some games, yes, Arsenal or Chelsea have lost to West Brom and they have played bad. But sometimes, obviously, it's just 11 men against 11 men. And sometimes in a weird world, they can elevate themselves and have just played a lot of the park. But no, it's always it's always those like things add up, um, and then you start to think, I hate Man U, I hate Chelsea, and then you've got the odd kid at school who's like, I'm a Man U fan. You're like, mate, shut up. It's it's stuff like that. It just it builds up like that. So there's no real rivalry, but it's it's more I don't say jealousy, but it's just like, come on, notice us a bit more, talk about us yeah. a bit more. So in in the championship, are Leeds like the United equivalent? I don't mind Leeds. Um, I, I, like at work, no one re- ever talks about championship. It's it'd be very much like your school. So everyone's like a allegiances are with the bigger clubs, top six or yeah. whatever, and they all talk about them. And then they go, "Oh, how are West Brom doing?" I'm like, we're, "We're top of the championship. How do you not know?" <laughs> but they like they literally don't care. I can't have a conversation with them apart from, "Oh, how are they doing?" I respond for a couple of minutes and then that's the end of the football conversation. Um, I thought thought before that they should have um, like rushed through and got the championship highlights and played it before match of the day because people were usually waiting for match of the day to come on anyway. So if you put that on beforehand, you probably would reel in a decent amount of people to sit and watch the championship highlights at a minimum just because it's football on a Saturday night. Just because it's on before. It's on... I don't often. You don't like one a. It used to be on like one a.m. after match of the day. Yeah, it used to follow it. It's, it's on before now. It's on that channel Quest. Um, oh, there we it. go. I don't know if you have. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. I remember they, so they, they really had like the Carabao Cup draw. Yeah, really odd. Um, yeah, but they get it on at nine o'clock. But again, it's a channel that unless you're going to watch your club in Championship League One or League Two, you're not going to be on Quest. Yeah, I had no. At nine o'clock. And Sky Sports highlights come up very quickly. Luckily, as a West Brom fan, we are on Sky a lot. Um, so within an hour of the game, they've normally got the full, well, not full, but like five, six minutes highlights up. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it would be good if they could put Championship before Master today. You'd get a lot more viewership, but yeah. it's on Quest, unfortunately. What's your best and worst moment as a West Brom fan to date? <laughs> That's such a big question. Um, worst was our last relegation. Um, specifically when we were playing Southampton at home. So I didn't have a season ticket this year because I was living in London and struggled to go up that often. Um, and I was on a pub crawl and I think I, I was probably like eight or nine points in, pints in. And as I checked my phone, there's a goal update and it was like 1-0 Southampton. Like... I can't remember the time they scored. 
Uh, and it just hit me all of a sudden that I was so pissed and my team were going to get relegated. It wasn't the official match, but it was basically me resigning. Yeah, like, yeah we're going down. And I started welling up and because I was really pissed. I just I was just crying for 20 minutes on this pub crawl in the corner of the pub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably my worst you have been sacked sooner. Yeah, definitely. He was horrendous. Like, we, we had Gary Megson coming for two games and... We drew it with Newcastle. We sort of threw that away. But then we went to Wembley and drew with Spurs. And I was just like, wow, well, those two pretty solid results to get us back on the road. And then Pardew just came in. I think we had give away 13 games about a win. He got in that, obviously, taxi gate when the players got pissed and stole a taxi. But he just, he was just clueless. Like, it came out, like, all the senior players just, like, tactically, he's the worst ever manager they've ever had. He's just... I can't honestly play, but I, I yeah. quite like him, but I I I've not had him manage my club, so that's probably a big help. I thought we finished his career, but he's popped up and he's doing an awful job <laughs> in Holland now. Did you see the fans take over the training session? No. Oh, uh, so they I can't remember the name of the club, but they uh, they had an open training session and their ultras went onto the pitch with a tactics board. And sat the players down and was pointed to the tactics, saying, "You should play like this. We should do this." <laughs> Alan Pardew just standing to the side watching them do it. Just like AGO Den Haag. Yes, that's the one. It's like they had a they had a banner when it was Pardew's first game. It was him and Nick Powell, um, I think his assistant, dressed as the Ghostbusters, and it was just, <laughs> uh, I think they won one game. Um, and then it's just gone downhill since then. They're a fairly biggish club, and they're going to get relegated under him. Shock. We did um, this uh, not quiz, like this challenge for the podcast yesterday, where you had to build a team of international players, where you took one player from every tournament from '96 to 2018, and you could only use one player from each nationality. So you okay. couldn't have two German players. And yeah. I I won it, but I had a prize ready. And so TK came second. And so he received a, a mini Pardew today in the post. So <laughs> good thing you didn't enter and win and have that come through. I wouldn't have checked the post in those, man. And a mini uh, Carrick saying the most underrated gift you'll receive. I, I'd prefer that. I should have said Carrick for my handy player. The nice yeah. car rooms. Oh, well. What's what's the best moment then so far as a West Brom fan? Um, probably be the Gretzkape. Like I was still fairly young. I'd had two promotions, which were obviously amazing, but it was just the feeling of Father Christmas, bottom on the final day, and also being bottom at halftime, and us managing to surviving. Uh, to survive, there was also like a two-minute pause after our game had finished where the players were on the pitch and we were just waiting for the news. Yeah. This was like pre-smartphones as well, so you'd be turning around to the nearest guy and there's a bloke with like a radio to his ear because that's the only <laughs> one communication you yeah. get. Or the other person who had radio on their phone who were really cool. Uh, it'd just be people waiting for that. And then there'd be like a few scattered cheers here and there and then like the whole pitch, uh, the whole stadium like erupted. Uh, and if everyone ran on the pitch, that was probably my best moment. I was going to say, is it more fun trying to win the championship or stay in the Premier League? But that probably answers it. <sighs> mm, right now, I'd say get promoted in the championship. But 
I don't know. Because of that year, we still were pretty crap, to be honest. We had players like the Welsh Andy Johnson, who was like probably 16 stone, running about in centre midfield. Like Kevin Campbell up front, who was about 105. Jeff Horsfield leading the line, stuff like that. So we were shit, but we just survived. Whereas now, the past few seasons or other relegations, I was like, we were we were much better. We should not have got relegated. No. Um, it's a close one. It's a close one. So someone has to take a penalty, which your life is dependent on. Who do you have to take the penalty? It's a very niche one, and it's going to be a West Brom player. Um, I doubt most people have heard of him, Eagle Ballas. Um, no. no, this was my first season. So, in the just to give you the build up to this, so Wolves were 11 points clear of us in second. Slowly, slowly, we've broken that lead down, and then we've gone to play ahead of them. It's, uh, it's the 45th game, so the penultimate game of the season. Um, and it's nil nil. We get a penalty in the like 92nd minute. Um, for context, we've had 11 penalties, we've scored three of them. Several players have missed. We've gone through the whole team. And this right back here we had, he would still walk to training with like his boots in a brown paper bag. He was the only player who was actually live in West Brom. Couldn't speak a word of English. Um, he watched all these players miss these penalties and it just came up to like, when he was just starting to learn a bit of English, he was like, oh yeah, I take penalties for Slovakia. And Gary Merkson was obviously fuming. was like, what are you doing? Or whatever. Um, he stepped up in the 92nd second minute and then just buried it bottom corner. Um, that was also probably one of my best moments as a West Brom fan. But everything on the line for him to step up, after seeing all his teammates miss penalties all throughout the year to score that, which meant we went on to win promotion. But Eagle Ballas is my answer for that. I've had the pleasure of a penalty shootout at the Hawthorns, which we won. Yeah, I know. I was at that Thomas game. Icefeld scored and Scotty yeah. Sinclair. Yeah. <laughs> you had all your kids out. And again, I think we had yeah. a pretty strong team. It was basically whoever could get the ball to Sinclair fastest and then run at our horrendous defence. <laughs> and obviously it paid off. Yeah. Next set of questions then. So we're going to ask you whether you feel you could beat a pro athlete to any of these sports. So we've got the circumstances. So do you think you could score a penalty past De Gea? Uh, yeah. Could you land a jab on Mayweather? No. I couldn't land a jab on you. <laughs> Do you think you could take down any ranked athlete in the UFC? Again, no. <laughs> if if you were if you were playing basketball with any NBA player in the league at the moment, you're in a first to ten, you've got a nine nil lead, and they so you've only got to get one basket to win, they've got to get to ten. Do you think you can get the one basket in that time? Mate, if you've never seen me play basketball, you know the answer. It's just one of the worst. I can have, have a hit and hope. I can have a hundred shots, and I don't even <laughs> think I hit the rim. Uh, no, I do not fancy my chances of that one. You've been quite pessimistic here, so this next one probably I can imagine the answer. You're on the one. You're on the one yard line in an NFL game, and you've got a score. And what actually can you stop Marshawn Lynch scoring on the one yard line? No. Do you think him defending, you could score on the one-yard line? Am I just getting the ball and rushing, or am I going in for yeah. a or what? Uh, no, you rush, so you've got the whole line there. 
you've got to beat him one yard. One yard, I reckon. Yeah, I'll, I'll give myself that one. <laughs> and finally, could you return a serve from Federer? First or second? Either. A serve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll give myself that one. I was all right at tennis, so maybe a second serve on a bad day. All right, a couple of things left. So, who is your ultimate Premier League cult hero? Um, I'd say the best person I watch live or kick a football would be Henri. Um, again, in terms of when I hated a lot of clubs, I always liked Arsenal because they played good football um, back then, especially. And he's just yeah, the best player. He's the best player I've ever seen play football live. Anyway, is there any more cult heroes? Yeah, I, I was hoping Pardew might get a mention from you, but I've got a list of uh, the most popular ones that well, I think this was on, well, been on goal. Parler is up there. More for his stories about drinking more than his football ability. JJ Kotcher, mainly for flicking it over an Arsenal player's head in a game. I'm pretty sure they still lost 2 or 3 0. Shola Amiobi, we got your thoughts on him earlier. Why, is it, why are you obsessed with Shola Amiobi? I'm not. This is the most <laughs> popular Premier League cult heroes, apparently. Uh, Park Ji Sung. I'd have uh, Peter Crouch. Yeah, he's on the list. Obvious reasons. Jimmy, B- Jimmy Bullard, who <laughs> I, I like. My thing was, I liked him until he became a celebrity. Jimmy Bullard trying to be. An exaggerated Jimmy Bullard. Jimmy Bullard. Yeah, as soon as he went on to I'm a celeb, that was the end, I think, really. Yeah. Like there was one, I think it was Panama who, whoever we put like seven past in the World Cup. And him filming himself like running into a paddling pool in his garden after every goal. What are you doing here? He's no. Uh the occasional time I'm watching a championship game and soccer M's on before it, I just turn it off or mute it. I just can't stand him. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who's still watching soccer M, really. It's been shit for about 10 years. There was an article, I've not read it yet, on The Athletic where they were talking about the glory years of soccer M recently. Oh, yeah. I've not read it, though, so I can't get it. <laughs> Ibuwe is one of the most popular. Um, Why? Hes- Heskey. Heskey briefly was like a meme before memes i remember heskey was a meme on fifa um when he was still playing for villa oh the, like he's not as bad and, as people made out that he was no he's quite good um obviously goal scoring wise wasn't the best but he's played for england quite a lot he's played for liverpool he's got to be half decent um who, who off the top of your head would be the worst ever Premier League player. We did this a while back. Oh, I've watched Chris Baird play. He was horrific. I think Josie uh, Altador was like one of the most voted. Yeah, but it's still, he was fairly, he still had something about him. It'd be just, yeah, at least he, he did score in Sutherland as well, didn't he? Did he manage to get a goal? Yeah, I think he did. And they went to America where it's easier. Uh, who was that Swedish guy who scored against England in the World Cup who was mega fat when he came 
to play in the Prem. He was dreadful. Oh, um, oh I know you mean as well. I'll have yeah, to, so I'll have to he Google scored, it. He scored a goal. Someone kicked it off his face when he was on the floor. <laughs> like, if that's your Premier League highlight, then yeah. What What are your thoughts on Sherwood? <laughs> Legend? Legend for Spurs, yeah. Maybe not for Villa. The only person who's... Uh, what was his win ratio? I don't know. He'll tell you. He's made it onto two of our intros for the podcast. <laughs> that <Bye>. press conference <laughs> just before he gets sacked where he says, uh, oh, I forgot about this before I time me the motorway. Some might. It's just everything about him. He's gilet. It's just his arrogance for how little he's achieved. <laughs> well, yeah, there was the quote I, when... Uh, Blackburn were going for Zidane and the chairman said why do we need Zidane when we got Tim Sherwood I can't comment on that because I never actually saw him play football but as a manager awful awful person so shit great guy what was he like as a footballer I'm not too sure to be fair I can't I don't have any recollection must must have been alright he wasn't Zidane no (laughs) he must have been alright for someone to comment on that about Zidane he must have been alright but yeah yeah. The thing is, you've got all these comments about others, but did set up a Pepe Mel Twitter account. <laughs> Pepe Mel's a cult hero in the Premier League. Uh, he did well to keep us up in a terrible situation. I don't right think I'd remember his name if it wasn't for you. Yeah, it's a shame, really, isn't it? Uh, he's been involved in some good games, though. Cardiff free, West Brom free. There was like a 40 yard goal. Two 90-minute potential winners and equalisers. Um, he he came in, though, and obviously had a very, like, trying to bring tick-attacker football to West Brom and playing, like, a high, really high intensity and a high line with our defence. And our defence at the time was Jonas Olsen and Gareth McCauley, who was, like, 37. And it was just like, what are we doing? He didn't have a clue, but we somehow managed to scrape up. He's currently managing um, Las Palmas in the Spanish second division. He still did all right. They finished 12th last year. I felt bad for him. He kept us up and then we just terminated his contract. I was just like, okay, fair enough. Looks like quite a cool bloke in his uh, Wikipedia picture. Have you got his reaction page up? No. (laughs) Fair enough. Would would you believe he's the same age as Pardew? Oh, Pardew's a silver fox, isn't he? Pepe Mel is just like... <laughs> Actually, Pardew's a, year, Pardew's a year older. If you said Pepe Mel was 65, I believe you. If you said Pardew was 45... How old is Pardew? 58. Yeah, Pardew could pass the mid-40s. Pepe On Mel Pepe, is Pepe Mel's Wikipedia page, they've got Pepe Mel in, um, like, inverted commas, like it's like an alias or his nickname. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Jose Pepe Mal Perez. Uh, yeah, they have a lot of names, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> right then, the thing we're asking everyone who's been coming on recently, your favourite 11, so not the best 11 you could think of, but your favourite 11. So Luke Young made his way into mine, Mika Richards made his way into TK, so that kind of ilk. Who have you got for us? Can I ask um, why Ashley Young? No, not Ashley Young, Luke Young, ex Oh, okay. Yeah, I got you now. Thank God. All right. <laughs> I would have, 
in goal, um, Alison Becker. Just, I think he's a different class. Um, like Roma, so followed him from there and I followed him to Liverpool. Uh, he'd be one of my favourite keepers. And just for the fact of how he plays football, he's just the ideal modern keeper. So I'd have Alisson. Uh, right back, I've got Cafu. Centre-backs, I've got Fabio Cannavaro. Um, I used to play centre-back and I'm not graced with height. So I used to watch him at like 5'10", five 5'11", five whatever he was, and just boss it. So he was one of my favourite players. At centre half, uh, Gareth McCauley, uh, just because of his longevity with West Brom, really good professional, came in on a free transfer and played for us for like five or six seasons. And obviously, an ultimate team would rake in a lot of points for me. Um, left back, I'm sure it's Philip Lahm. Uh, in midfield, I've got Kaka, Zidane, and Daniele De Rossi. And then I've got, just behind the strikers, Francesco Totti. And then up front, uh, Messi and Thierry Henry. Nice. Well, is is there any reason behind supporting Roma or you just pick them out and that was who you stuck with? Um, I went on holiday to Rome and I was like 9 or 10. And I was just looking for the football tops. And it was one that I liked. And I was like, oh, well, I'm in Rome. I may as well get this. Uh, I then went home and just started watching their games. It was quite a nice relief from like watching West Brom go up and down. <laughs> it was nice to go into a game thinking, yeah, I'm expecting to win here. Um, and it just evolved from that. And last season I trailed off a little bit, but at times I'd be leaving events, leaving football training early to watch Roma games. I became quite obsessed. Um, yeah, it was just a nice escape for watching West Brom get drummed at home in the Premier League every week. Their shirts are class this season. I like their yellow one last season as well. I'm um I'm trying desperately to get their third kit, the blue one, but it's just sold out everywhere. Yeah. Every website's just got kids left, um, or a small, which right now uh, got a bit too much timber to fit into that. So <laughs> yeah, I'm trying desperately um, to get that kit. It's so nice. I've got the um, home shirt from this season my uncle went to Rome and brought it back and that's one I said but then the away and third one are both ridiculous as well it's kind of like the, the inter ones are impossible to get your hands on as well unless it's, it's the so home nice. shirt I've got the away one from this season with like the um, lightning bolt through the middle um, oh yeah just, I think it's just the colours like they're not like any other football team colour wise um, no. they always stand out and Nike uh, are smashing it at the moment with their kits so uh, my favourite one was the first Nike one, and it was like quite a traditional top, and it had like big orange collars. Um, and I got Totti on the back, obviously. That was one of my favourite ones. Yeah, we we did a thing where we picked out teams to support. I don't think it carried on because people stopped watching the games. But I I already followed Fiorentina, which is a nightmare <laughs> the the way they are. <laughs> yeah. Not great. Mainly, I think I liked um, Jovetic when he was there after, after he scored against uh, Liverpool in the Champions League. Yeah. And then Ribery's come this season. They did have uh, Kevin Prince Boateng for about three months and then he decided to leave. But like he always does. Yeah. When it's... we drew it out, I'm trying to think who other people had. Um, oh, TK got Roma as well. So he was following their games. 
and they seem to at least if they're going to lose then they're going to do so in an entertaining game yeah there's they've been pumped like seven times on three occasions in their history all quite recent as well um yeah they it's it's similar to West Brom is it's like they're tragic but at the other end of the table like I think when I started watching them they came I think I watched 10 seasons roughly in total uh and they they came second like 90% of the time they just always kept missing out and I was thinking yeah this is a relief but also it's just like watching West Brom which is the other end of the table I love um Seco as well I always think it was weird when Chelsea was supposedly looking for a big man and he just wasn't mentioned at all. Like they went in for Crouch before him. Um, yeah, I love... City could have done with keeping him. They sold him for like 14 million as well. It was just, well, it's just not worth it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think he more pushed it through because he was, didn't want to be on the bench. But yeah, just quality, big, strong centre forward who just got a knife goal. Like, I don't know why he was overlooked for Chelsea. So I think that's for sports. We've got a couple of questions left. What are you currently watching on Netflix? What would you recommend to people shacked up in quarantine? Um, a lot of people have already seen it, but Tiger King. Um, yeah. There's a, I, there's a new episode of that dropping uh, this week, apparently. they got a bonus one. Is that just like a follow-up to the ongoing of it? I, I, I think so, yeah. I hope it's not a making of. Um, <laughs> Tiger King, yeah third season of Ozark I've only just started watching um, Sunderland Till I Die the second season's still really good um, I've watched this Unorthodox it's about Orthodox Jews didn't really know anything about it and it's about a bride escaping to Berlin that's quite interesting uh, if you don't know anything about that very niche I've been shacked up <laughs> <laughs> well I've got nothing to do I'm just playing The Witcher trying to learn a bit of Spanish and then just rinsing Netflix that's basically what I'm being paid to do at the moment. Yeah, I wish I could be getting the same. And then who who would be your ideal three people to be quarantined with, famous, and three worst? Worst, we've already mentioned him, but Jimmy Bullard. Um, with Bullard? I think I'd hate to be... Even if he was still well, Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson and Jimmy Bullard just chatting absolute breeze indoors in my really hot flat would be a nightmare. Who else? Who who are you adding to that that duo? (laughs) Um, I think everyone's had Katie Hopkins so far in there, so you could have that would be one hell of a trio. She'd be a bit more entertaining though. Like it'd have to be someone quite boring as well. I don't know. Uh, maybe Sean shoots. Does he count as famous? <laughs> he's he's pod famous. He's pod famous. Well, he'd just lie there and he wouldn't. He'd grunt every hour, so he wouldn't really add much. So it'd be a bit of a wasted stink person. So I'd put him in. Yeah, stink the gaff out. Yeah, exactly. So well, if he's not if he's not available, pod you. <laughs> oh God! Please stop mentioning. Pod you or Pulis? Um. I hate them both. Do you have, say, do you have any uh, ill feeling towards Pulis? Yeah, because he came in at a time where we needed someone to keep us up, kept us up, and then just played dog shit football. It was so bad. That was the last time Left I had before he could take you down. <laughs> and that, well, we sacked him. It was just like we were playing ten men beyond the ball, 
not having a shot on goal and losing like 4-0 to Chelsea at home. I'm like, why are we playing like this if we're going to lose 4-0? I'd rather just go out and try and play for He, just, and he lives for them games against Arsenal where they'll get like uh, Steve Sidwell on Talk Sports saying, oh, he hated them more than you know, and say the same monologue that he says every time that they play <laughs> Arsenal. It's, he just had a... Yeah, I don't... It's just because they like to play football and that is everything he was against. Yeah. Um, who would who would be your three ideal people to be quarantined with? That's a tough one. Who, who, have, you, who have you gone for? Wenger, Vince Vaughan and Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro. Well, now he's a bit older, he's got a bit more of a loose tongue, so he'd probably have some good tales for you. And he'd get on with Wenger. Why would he get on with Wenger? Well, Wenger gets on with most people, and De Niro seems the same, So, and they're a similar age. I think I'd just like to collect maybe three people who are just daft as shit or just mental. Someone like Johnny Depp, whose mind's just melted into mush. The stories he'd come out with, stuff like that. Um, I'll, I'll go with Robert De Niro as well, just someone with a loose tongue, like you said. And... Uh, why not Tim Sherwood get him in? <laughs> well, that is a hell of a trio. Yeah. And final question then. So you can have an endless supply of one drink and one snack, say, for the whole until the virus is blown over. What are you choosing? Uh, I'd have an iron brew oh, and nice. snack. Um, Good question. Maybe frazzles. Which is exactly what I've got in my right now, but it's not unlimited. <laughs> well, thanks again for listening to another edition of the Spitball and Pod. We'll be back with another episode minimum this week. And as I said, we'll be back. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs>